Hey there, Internet. This is Glenn. And this is Linda. And you're listening to Preparing Preparing Our Our Hearts Hearts for for Worship Worship Podcast. This week, we're all patriotic here in the studio as we bring you one of our greatest national treasures of American music history. Linda and I have traveled to Texas and Alaska and from New York to California, and we must agree with this song. Yes, Glenn, America is beautiful. One cannot see this land nor see the wonderful creation and know in our heart of hearts there's a God. And while we've not been everywhere, because as we have gotten older, our age and budget have limited our travels, but we do love to travel vicariously. One of our favorite things to do is to turn turn on our huge TV set and project YouTube channel on it and see the world travels of others as they share it, their adventures. We have traveled to Canada and the Caribbean islands, Mexico, and South America, and we have seen God's beautiful creation all over the world. Nowhere have we seen God's blessing more richly uh, dispensed than in our wonderful country. More than anything else, this sets our land apart from the world and makes it so special. However, there's a blight, a dark cancer spreading itself across our country. I'll talk more about that later in our program. And the song goes, O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. O beautiful for pilgrim feet, whose stern and passion stressed, a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine, till all success and nobleness in every grain divine. O beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years thine alabaster city's gleam undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to signing sea. America the Beautiful is a patriotic American song Its lyrics were written by Catherine Bates, and its music was composed by church organist and choir master Samuel Ward at Grace Episcopal Church in Newark, New Jersey. Camelia Bates, Catherine's mother, was a graduate of Mount Holyoke Seminary, a school for young women in Massachusetts. As a graduate, along with the famous poet Emily Dixon, of one of the most demanding academic institutions for women, Cornelia provided a model for her daughter who entered Wesleyan College, graduating in 1880 1880 with a a bachelor's degree 
in server and served as the president of the institute's graduating class. According to the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Catherine Bates taught at her alma mater from 1880 to 1925, furthering her study at Oxford. In addition to collections of poetry, she published books on the religious themes in Shakespearean and pre-Shakespearean drama. Besides her teaching and literary activities, Bates was known for her advocacy of labor reform, manifest through her involvement in the College Settlements Association, formed in 1890 as an organization to bring all college women within the scope of a common purpose and a common work. In 1893, at the age of 33, Bates took a train trip to Colorado Springs, Colorado to teach at Colorado College. After a long ride to the summit by horse and finally a mule-drawn wagon, a brief view of Pikes Peak provided a panoramic spectacle that was the inspiration for the Purple Mountain Majesties. On the very top of the mountain, the words of the poem, poem started to come to her. As she returned to her room at the Antlers Hotel, Bates wrote the words and the poem she originally entitled Pike's Peak. She was overcome by all that she saw. She later wrote, It was then and there, as I was looking out over the sea-like expanse of fertile country, spreading away so far under those ample skies, that the opening lines of the hymn floated into my mind. Several of the sights on her trip inspired her, and they found their way into her her poem, including the visit to World's Columbia World Exposition in celebration of, of America by Christopher Columbus in Chicago, the white city, with its promise of the future contained with the gleaming white buildings and inspired the in image of alabaster image. In the final stanza, the wheat fields of North America's heartland, Kansas, through which her train was riding, stimulated the memorable amber waves of grain and the majestic view of the Great Plains from high atop Pikes Peak. Bates' poem was published in July the 4th, 1895, but it was revived after that initial publication in the Congregationalist when people started setting the poem to music. When I found that you really wanted to sing it, Bates remarked, I rewrote it, some respects to make it a bit more musical. It was at that time that the poem was first entitled America. The first known melody written for the song was sent in by Silas Pratt when the poem was published in the Congregationalist. By 1900, at least 75 different melodies had been written. An amended version was published in 1904. A hymn tune composed in 1882 by Samuel Ward, the organist and choir director of Grace Church, Newark, was generally considered the best poetic music as early as 1910, and it's still the most popular tune today. Just as Bates 
had been inspired to write her poem, Ward too was inspired. On a ferryboat trip from Coney Island to his home in New York City, the tune came to him and immediately wrote it down. Ward had initially composed the song's melody in 1882 to accompany lyrics to Materna, basis of the hymn, O Mother Dear Jerusalem. The hymn was not first published until 1892. The combination of Ward's melody and Bates' poem was first entitled America the Beautiful in 1910. Bates revised the song in 1904 after receiving many requests to use the song in publications and special services. An additional charge was made to the wording, change it was made to the wording in the third verse in 1913 to give us the version we know today. The song is considered by some to be the country's unofficial national anthem. Ward died in 1903, not knowing the national stature his music would attain. Bates was more fortunate since the song's popularity was well established by the time of her death in 1920. It is included in songbooks in many religious congregations in the United States. A movement in 1926 to adopt it as a hymn of the national anthem was lost to the order and more established Star-Spangled Banner, which won official status when President Herbert Hoover signed the bill in, in uh, March the third, nineteen thirty-one, proclaiming it as the national anthem. For decades since that, advocates advocates of the hymn have pushed for an official uh, anthem status. At various times in the more than one hundred years that have elapsed since the song was written, particularly during the John F. Kennedy administration, there have been efforts to give America the Beautiful legal status, either as a national hymn or as a national anthem, equal to or in place of the Star-Spangled Banner. But so far, this has not succeeded. Proponents prefer America the Beautiful for various reasons, saying it's easier to sing, more melodic, and more adaptable to new orchestrations, while the remaining as easily recognizable as the Star-Spangled Banner. Some prefer America the Beautiful over the Star-Spangled Banner due to the latter's war-oriented imaginary, while others object to the implicit support of slavery and racism in its third verse. Others prefer the Star-Spangled Banner because of its war themes. While the national division has stopped any effort uh, at changing the tradition of the national anthem, America the Beautiful continues to be held in high esteem by a large number of Americans and was even considered before 1931 as a candidate to become the national anthem of the United States. Composer and commentator Robert Capello recently sat down at the piano with Performance Today host Fred Child to take a closer look at the famous song. He notes that the clarity and predictability of its musical elements are the key to its power. It's hard when something is so familiar, Kepler said, 
But I realized that there are four phrases which each four measures. They are only two rhythms in this place. And every single phrase is identical. People want a sense of comfort to have the universe be predictable. That's what America the Beautiful is all about, he says. Though the world may be unpredictable, this song is immensely predictable because it keeps traveling the same journey over and over again. Interestingly, Bates and Ward never met each other, and neither of them really made any money on the song. Bates did not seek royalties. The only pay that the author ever received for her poem was a small check for its appearance in the Congregationalist. Instead, the result of their accidental partnership was made a great gift to our country. The search for a tune for this text was not easy. Fellow New Englander and composer Silas Pratt published the first tune in a collection in 1904. The text was also sung to a variety of folk songs. In her 1918 account, Bates noted that more than 60 tunes had been written for her text. In 1926, the National Federation of Music Clubs held a contest for a tune, but none of the approximately 600 entries were deemed suitable. The poem was sung by many, by many different tunes for the years until finally the melody by Samuel Ward stuck. Ward wrote Minertia in 1888 for the words for A Mother Dear Jerusalem. By the 16th century, poet known only as FBP, this provided to be a, a moderately popular hymn and the tune in hymnals were published between 1860 and 1950. It appears that Ward neither met Bates nor heard the hymn in its complete form, written in 1912, before his death in 1903. The pairing of his tune with Bates' text eventually placed him in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. The role of patriotic songs in hymnals and in Christian worship, though common, is not without controversy. The Star-Spangled Banner does not appear in the United Methodist hymnal, while America the Beautiful does. Most stanza of the Star-Spangled Banner chronicle a historical event in a romantic poetic narrative and barely address God, although the final stanza virtually never sung, does make a fleeting reference to deity. Later, Bates remarked that greatness and goodness are not necessarily synonymous. Rome was great, but she was not good. Unless we are willing to crown our gentleness and goodness and our bounty with brotherhood and our beloved America may go by the same way. A commemoration plaque was placed on the Pikes Peak in July of 1999. Also, there is a historical marker at Grace Church in Newark, where Samuel Ward worked as an organist and wrote and perfected the tune that is used for America the Beautiful. Catherine Bates offers ironic image in America the Beautiful 
that capture the variety of landscapes found throughout the continental United States. Her hymn has inspired many singers to nationalistic devotion and attitude and gratitude to God for this land. And what a wonderful land it is, as we have received God's blessings of prosperity and freedom to be all God wants us to be here in this great country. But as I mentioned earlier, there's a blight, a dark cancer working its way across this land. It's become so real over the years that now you can go into some places of the country and you can feel it. Sin has permeated our country. It expresses itself in the graffiti across our buildings and train cars. You see its consequences in people sleeping in the, st- sleep in the streets and homeless tents popping up in our cities. You hear it in the language of its citizens. All-time records are being broken for murder rate in our city. Never before have we killed each other like this in peaceful times. Robbery and rape are an abuse or rampant. In every place where restraint has been lifted, the instinct of people is to riot, destroy, and steal all you can carry. There is such a rampant justification of entitlement to fulfill any raging desire of the self without regard to fellow man. Sin is the natural unrestrained condition of man. We can see it where God turns people over to a reprobate mind. You know, I believe hell will be filled with this. Glenn, what do you think we can do about it? We have all these laws, and they're not enforced. It seems that our, our politicians are only interested in getting elected again, at all costs, without regard to principles. Politics and man's law have certainly not offered a solution, Linda. As Christians, we know the answer to this question. There's no political solution to this problem. However, there is a spiritual solution. The only thing that changes the hearts and minds of people is the love of Jesus. That's something we can share. But we so many times have put our trust in the politics and our government instead of trusting God to help us share this love. We forget that God has has not just recommended that we go into the world and preach the good news. He commanded it. Wherever we go and whatever we do should carry this love to the people of the world. It should be natural for us when we trust Jesus. We have a new nature as Christian. Trust Jesus. The Word says, Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Start with a prayer and ask God to bring someone into your life today who is ready and who needs to feel God's love through you. Then just tell them what God's done for you in your life. One at a time, we could change the world. I will pray with you today for this to happen in your life. Now let's listen to Forgive and Do, America the Beautiful. (laughs) 
so much for listening to our podcast today. We trust it was a blessing to you. It makes our day when we hear someone that was blessed by our podcast for music. We'd love to get an email from you. Just send it to glenn.dawson at glenn.dawsonea.com That's G-L-E-N-N dot Dawson at Glenn G-L-E-N-N DawsonEA.com You can find all our information on our website at www.glendawsonea.com In addition to our email, you can find information about our Facebook page and Twitter information. You can also find links to our index of all our podcasts and links to all our music on YouTube. We hope you will enjoy those, and remember now, we love y'all, God be with you, and bye for now.